For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Duval Daily, presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you so much for tuning in here on Friday, January 27th. Almost a week into the offseason for the Jaguars here after they lost to the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Hard-fought, tough football game. They couldn't quite overcome a couple of their big mistakes. But it is now offseason time for the Jaguars. It is now talent acquisition time for the Jaguars. Again, Friday, January 27th. Free agency is about a month and a half away. And then, or really, yeah, about a month and a half away. And then the draft will be at the end of April. So talent acquisition, fortifying this roster for 2023 and beyond, that is now the topic at hand. You know, uh, leveling up, seeing how you can get past the divisional round of the playoffs and and not having to be uh, playing for your division title in week 18 and do or die situation. Uh, you want to be a little bit more comfortable entering the playoffs next year. And uh, you want to try to make it past the divisional round, like I just said. So how do you do that? You get better by in-house development, which the Jaguars are going to be relying on heavily this offseason and in the future. Uh, they don't have a ton of cap space. They're going to be relying on Trevor Lawrence improving, Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, a lot of these other young guys, uh, the team as a whole taking a step forward in year two under Doug Peterson. But there's still going to be some talent acquisition. You're going to have to take a look at some of your in-house free agents, which, which we've talked about a lot already. We will continue to talk about those. You're also going to have to land some good players in the draft. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. We've got a little bit of a mock draft roundup. Um, I obviously put out my own mock drafts and have a lot of fun with that. But uh, there's also some national writers, draft writers, ESPN, NFL.com, etc., who are starting to put out mock drafts. I know a lot of people uh, don't love Mel Kiper or you know disagree with a lot of what he says, whatever. Mel Kuyper is one of the goats of the NFL draft community. Uh, so we're going to look at his draft over on ESPN. It's a first round, you know, one round mock. And then we'll also look at Daniel Jeremiah's on NFL.com and just talk about uh, what they have the Jaguars doing. Again, both of these are only one round. You'll start to see some longer mock drafts as we move forward um, into draft season and get closer and closer to the draft. Senior Bowls next week. So that's a big piece of the talent evaluation, getting those guys out there on the practice field together and uh, seeing them go head-to-head, one-on-one. A lot of these different prospects that will be at the Senior Bowl. So that will be a lot of fun. So the draft, it's coming, folks. Free agency, the draft, it is coming right down the pipe. And with the Jaguars season extending into January, mid-January, um, it's going to be – it's going to be on your doorstep a lot quicker than it usually is, you know, with the season being over for all intents and purposes normally at some point 
late October, November, at the latest early December. But the Jags, they made it all the way to divisional round, so it's going to be a faster offseason than it normally is for Jaguars fans here. And let's go ahead and jump into these mock drafts from Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah. like to remind you, you can hit me up on Twitter at Jordan Delugo. Let me know what you think about the draft. Also hit that like and subscribe button here on YouTube. Really appreciate the support, Duval. Could not be doing this without y'all. So these mock drafts from Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah. We will start with Mel Kuyper of ESPN. He has the Jaguars taking cornerback, and the Jaguars are slated to pick 24th overall. They have the 25th pick, but the 21st pick was vacated because the Dolphins uh, got themselves in trouble with tampering and all that, and so they don't have a first-round pick. So it's either pick 25 or 24. It's technically going to be the 24th selection, right? Um, and Mel Kuyper has them taking cornerback Deontay Banks out of Maryland. I'll read his little blurb here for y'all. He says, how about the Jaguars? How about those Jaguars? After an AFC South title in 2022, shouldn't they be the early favorites to win it again? General manager Trent Baalke did a nice job filling holes last offseason, but the pass rush was still mediocre. The off-ball linebackers struggled badly in coverage, and there's an open corner spot opposite Tyson Campbell. With a strong cornerback class in this draft, Baalke and co. could target Banks, and man coverage defender with exceptional physical tools, he could rise as we get closer to the draft once NFL teams see him test at the combine. And yes, this makes five cornerbacks off the board in round one. All right, Kuyper also says another position to keep an eye on for Jacksonville is tight end, where Evan Ingram is a free agent. Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State and Dalton Kincaid could be options, writes Mel Kuyper. All right, so let's dive into what Mel Kuyper has to say about the Jaguars. He says the pass rush was mediocre. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think for a good portion of the season, that five-game losing streak or so, it was worse than mediocre. In fact, it was atrocious it was awful for a stretch of the season but the entire defense was bad during that that time period as well when the Jaguars got on their run and they started winning football games towards the end of the year the pass rush was not mediocre it was well above average they were getting sacks and pressures at an extremely high rate at a top five rate in the NFL over that run stretching into the playoffs so was it mediocre when it was on? No. Uh, are there questions about the pass rush moving forward? Yes. Do you need an interior pass rusher, in my opinion? Yes. Do you want to try to bring back Arden Key? Yeah. Dewan Smoot? Yeah. You probably get Smoot for cheap because of his injury. So, yeah, I do think that you want to continue to bolster and improve that pass rush, but saying it was mediocre down the stretch, I think, is a bit of a miss. Was it mediocre for the season on the whole? Yeah, but that doesn't really tell the story. The story is it started off gangbusters, that then the defense went down the drain for about two months, and then after that, the defense really stepped up, and the pass rush was alive, and it was much more than mediocre. Off-ball linebackers struggling badly in coverage is absolutely true. Uh, I think Foye, he's put in some tough situations. I, th- I thought he did fine in coverage, even though if you look at the stats, it doesn't look great. I thought he was fine. It's just what was happening next to him in coverage uh, between Muma and Lloyd they have a long way to go in coverage, and they're, they're going to need to get there quickly. One of them, at least, is going to need to get there uh, before the 2023 season so this defense can really um, really take off even a little bit more than they did down the stretch. Because, again, Devin Lloyd, you traded up for him in the first round. He's a guy I was a huge fan of in the draft last year. I think he has a lot of talent. 
this is going to be a big off season for him trying to uh, level up and play a lot better, especially like, like Mel said here in coverage. Then you talk about Tyson Campbell. Uh, yeah, obviously he's going to be one of your starters outside, but I don't think they have an open corner spot neck uh, opposite him. Excuse me. Darius Williams should be the Jaguar starting outside cornerback in 2023. In my opinion, he earned that. Look, this is a guy that played really well for the Los Angeles Rams for the first four years of his career, won a Super Bowl in 2021 with the Los Angeles Rams, comes to Jacksonville. They try to switch his position, play him at nickel. The second that they get him back outside, this defense flips a switch and he starts playing great football. He deserves to be the Jaguar starter starter on the outside in 2023. There's no question about that in my mind. Now, Getting into what bulk, uh, what what uh, Kuiper says about this cornerback class, I completely agree. I've talked about it on here. I think this is a fantastic corner class. I really like it. And I really like Deontay Banks. Um, he's a guy who I have graded, you know, borderline first, second, like late first, early second type of grade for Deontay Banks. I like him a lot. Um, he's six foot two, 200 pounds. He's played almost exclusively on the outside. At Maryland, but he is, like Mel says, an excellent man coverage defender who has exceptional tools. Uh, so I like that part of it a lot. And I'll pull up my scouting notes just to give you all a little bit of a rundown of what I personally saw with Deontay Banks when I was running through his film. Again, he's six foot two, 205 pounds, a redshirt junior. He was a three star coming out of high school. He has great size for the cornerback position at 6'2, 205. Very good length. He has long arms. He also has quick feet. He breaks on the ball extremely well out of his breaks. Uh, he's physical up at the line when he's in press. Uh, he does a really good job of squeezing to the sideline, which is something you see Tyson Campbell do a great job of here in Jacksonville. Uh, he plays off coverage as well. Um, he's a smart football player. He has the feet to mirror uh, movements, which I think is really important at nickel, which we're going to talk about here. He's physical against the run. He is a strong tackler. So he has a lot that you're looking for. Uh, from a weakness standpoint, I don't know that he is the most fluid out of his breaks of all the guys in this class. But really, I think when I get into these final grades, by the time the draft rolls around, I think Deontay Banks is a guy that does deserve to get drafted in the first round. So obviously from a value standpoint, when I'm talking about Deontay Banks, I feel pretty good about where the Jaguars are getting him at, at 24. Now, with the depth of this class at cornerback, as, as Mel mentioned and as I've talked about here, do you need to take him at 24? Um, you could debate that. The other thing here is if, if Darius Williams is starting outside for you in 2023, can Deontay Banks come in and play nickel? I think he can because, again, he has a lot of the tools you want for a guy that, that, that uh, needs to match up with, with, um, with tight ends, with big, big slot receivers, small slot receivers. I think he has like the balanced skill set everything you're kind of looking for and the attitude like playing nickel you have to have an attitude about you you have to have a physicality about you to a certain extent to excel in that role I think Banks could excel in that role and the great thing about Banks is if he comes in and wins that nickel job for you in year one you love that 
you can transition him to being the guy that does start outside opposite Tyson Campbell down the road. You know, Darius Williams, he's going to be 30 years old uh, fairly soon. So how much longer do you pay Darius Williams? Um, Personally, I keep him around as long as you can afford him and as long as he's playing the way he's playing right now. It doesn't look like he's about to slow down on the outside. He's played really well for the Jaguars on the outside. But you do have a big need at nickel, right? Trey Herndon is a free agent, and you don't really love him either. anyways. Uh, I think he was he was passable at nickel for you, but could you get a guy who could really upgrade the position? Uh, yeah, I think Deontay Banks would be that for you. I think he could do that. And, and again, transition outside later on in his career. So I like the pick here. Uh, there are some interesting things to look at, in my opinion. Mel talks about the tight end position, you know, Evan Ingram being a free agent. I think the Jaguars are going to try to bring Evan Ingram back. I think they like what they have in him. He likes to be here. Really good connection between him and Trevor. He's been one of the hardest workers in Jacksonville since he's gotten here. He's really improved as a blocker. He's gotten a lot better since becoming a Jacksonville Jaguar, and he's got incredible athleticism and talent. But uh, – For Kuyper, Michael Mayer's off the board here. He talks about Luke Musgrave and Dalton Kincaid. I don't want to bury my take on Luke Musgrave right here because we'll talk about that with the Daniel Jeremiah mock in just a minute. But I think it's interesting here what what Mel says with these tight ends. I agree with him. Um, if Evan Ingram does walk, yeah, tight end is of the utmost importance. And similar to corner, this is a great tight end class. I think there's going to be five-plus starters from this class. I think it's going to be really fun. Five-plus, like, really good starters. So, yeah, tight end is definitely going to be a position to watch um, if the Jags don't bring Evan Ingram back. Who's still on the board here? in this Mel Kuyper mock draft that maybe I would value over Deontay Banks. In a vacuum, Deontay Banks at 24, I like it. But when you look at some of the other guys available, I'm like, hold on a second. Let's let's check this out. So Brian Branch, who I have in my uh, on my big board, Brian Branch is 13th overall. He's a cornerback slash safety, really a nickelback slash safety, a guy that primarily played nickel, kind of that star position for Alabama. Run through my notes on him for y'all. Brian Branch, he's six foot. He's going to be 195 to 200-ish throughout his career mostly, I think. That, that, um, that type of size, so not huge, obviously, but six foot, 195 to 200 you feel good about that size at the nickel um, in the modern NFL for sure. He's a junior out of Alabama, incredibly smart. He's always in the right place at the right time. Um, again, nickel, free safety, slash box player versatility. He has great feet, quick feet, plays with good leverage. Uh, he's not physically imposing, imposing from a stature standpoint, but he embraces the physical aspects of the game. He's a really good tackler. He can be a big hitter. He can play overhang. He can blitz for you. He can cover slot receivers. He can do so many different things for you, and he's a great leader, really smart, is going to upgrade your athleticism on defense, is going to upgrade pretty much everything about your defense if you plug Brian Branch in at the nickel. 
where I do like what Kuiper does here versus potentially taking Branch if Branch is available at 24 overall, which I'm guessing he won't be. Uh, I think that he's going to go before that. Um, the thing, though, I love about Banks versus Branch, Banks has greater size, and Banks has the ability to actually play outside cornerback down the road. But the thing about Branch is he's been playing nickel. He's been playing this star position. He is going to jump into a role at the next level that he's already been in for a while if he goes to the right spot. And I think Jacksonville would be a great spot for him to land Um uh, so yeah, if he was on the board, I would probably take Brian Branch over Deontay Banks, even though Banks is six foot two, two hundred pounds, has you know more prototypical outside corner traits. You don't really need the outside corner right now. What you really need is a guy that can jump in in the nickel and make plays for you uh, over the middle of the field, which is what Brian Branch can do. The Jaguars' defense is really strong on the outside right now. It is weak in the middle of the field. I think Brian Branch helps you close off that middle of the field a little bit better. Um, I think Antonio Johnson would do that as well, who we talked about here on this channel. He's a guy that is listed as a safety because of his size, but really plays more nickel than anything else. And so I think if you're talking about Antonio Johnson, who's six foot three, 200 pounds, he would be a really good option in this spot as well. Um, for the Jaguars. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But I like it. If the Jaguars took Deontay Banks, I would not be upset one bit. Um, there's also a guy named Cam Smith out of South Carolina, a lot of people probably know about, who, for some has has been in CB1 talk. He's never been quite at that spot for me. But he's a guy who actually has outside and inside experience in college. He plays with an alpha mindset. I think he, at 24, should also be in consideration in this situation. He's not off the board. Um, Cam Smith is a really fun football player. I currently have him. Where do I have Cam Smith? At 22 overall which is a little bit above where I have Deontay Banks. And I have a first on Cam Smith. I know people have uh, started to question his overall athleticism as of late, but you plug him in at corner, I think you're going to love what you see. He's six foot 188, a redshirt junior. I think he has really quick feet. He has amazing ball skills, plays with good physicality. Uh, I think that he might need to adjust that hand usage a little bit at the next level, but I think he has the hips, the instincts, that alpha mindset I mentioned him. Uh, teams really tried to avoid him a lot during his time at South Carolina. I think he could be a really good option at that at that spot too because, again, he has experience playing nickel. Deontay Banks is the one player uh, that we're talking about here that doesn't really have that experience in the, in the nickel, but I think he has the physical profile and the play demeanor to be able to – to survive inside. So yeah, overall again, would be fine with Deontay Banks. Would it be the pick I would make here in this situation? Probably not, but I totally get it and uh, I would be fine with it. 
Now, looking at Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft over on NFL.com, he doesn't go into as much detail here, but he has the Jaguars taking tight end Michael Mayer at a Notre Dame, a junior. He says Mayer is a complete tight end and would fit beautifully with Doug Peterson's offense. Evan Ingram, who just enjoyed a career campaign, is in a contract year, and he could find more money elsewhere this offseason. I think everything that that, that uh, Daniel says here is true. I think Michael Mayer is a complete tight end. You talk about um, his skill set. I think it, it's definitely a skill set that fits in the modern game, fits in any offense. Uh, he was a five star. He's six foot four, two hundred sixty five pounds. Like like uh, Jeremiah said, he's a junior. He has that old school ass kicker in him. He's a willing blocker who should be an asset, you know, as an inline blocker and an H back, a guy who you can move around and and use as a weapon as a blocker. He also has insane production throughout his college career. Very, very, very good hands. He's a contested catcher. He's incredibly physical in every aspect of the game. He's a tackle breaker. He's a good athlete for his size. He's a good athlete at the tight end position. Not an elite tight end athlete, not a great tight end athlete, but a good athlete at the position. He has a really good extension for the ball, can go catch it away from his body, that big catch radius. And he also has some suddenness in his route running and with the ball in his hands. He's a really good route runner, route technician. And uh, like I've said, he adjusts very well to the ball in the air. I do think he's a first-round talent. So he's really interesting for me here, what Daniel Jeremiah has the Jags doing. If, if they end up with Michael Mayer, you're not going to hear a complaint from me. What's interesting, though, Jeremiah talks about if Evan Ingram leaves, Mayer makes a lot of sense. I think Mayer makes a lot of sense if Evan Ingram stays because they could be on the field together and create big-time mismatches, uh, big-time problems for opposing defenses because both can receive uh, at a high level. Evan Ingram is a greater athlete than Mayer, but Mayer has that more complete skill set. I think you could really really make it difficult on opposing defenses if you have both of these guys on the field at the same time. And something that everyone talks about with the draft is, you know, you got to fill your needs in the offseason. I think you try to fill your needs before the draft so you can go into the draft with a clear mind and take the best players available on your board. But obviously, excuse me, that does not happen all the time. In fact, it rarely ends up happening completely for teams. But... Just as much as it's important to fill needs, I think creating a a cheat code for your team can be even more valuable uh, than than filling needs. And when I say filling needs, you gotta have competence at, at every spot. Uh, otherwise, you're gonna have, you're gonna fall apart defensively. At least you need to have competence but you don't need to have like a first round pick at every spot. So my point is here, all right, obviously the Jags need a nickel. We've talked about that. If they don't go get one in free agency and they're going into the draft with that need, what gives the Jaguars a better chance to level up in 2023 and beyond? Taking a nickel in the first round? Or creating this mismatch advantage for yourself by getting Michael Mayer and pairing him with Evan Ingram. And you've got Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones at receiver. 
Like that could be an unstoppable offense. Bar none. And Mayer helps you in the run game more than anyone else you have on your roster at the tight end position or anyone you had on your roster in 2022. I would love it. I think that would be a lot of fun to have Mayer and Ingram paired up in Jacksonville and kind of have that. It's not the same skill set, obviously, as Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard together in Philly, but that offense was so difficult to deal with with those two tight ends. If you had Evan Ingram and Michael Mayer, that would be a ton of fun. And so that's how I kind of look at that. But Daniel's looking at it as if Evan Ingram leaves, you replace him with Michael Mayer. I think if Evan Ingram leaves and you're looking to go get your number one tight end for the Jaguars, I would actually go with Luke Musgrave over Michael Mayer. And I know a lot of folks out there will say, he only had 11 catches in 2022. Well, yeah, he got injured after the first two games. But I highly encourage you to go uh, try to find the tape on those two first two games against uh, Fresno and Boise, I believe, and tell me that that's not a first round tight end. He's six foot five, six foot six, two hundred fifty pounds. He runs like a damn gazelle. He's going to run a four five. Uh, he he's unbelievable in my opinion. Luke Musgrave is, and uh, he has great hands. I think his hands are right there with Michael Mayer's, but he has a bigger catch radius because he's a taller, more athletic football player. He's really flexible for his size. Um, I wouldn't say he's like a fantastic route runner from a technical standpoint yet, but his movement ability is just going to blow you away. So fast, so tall, almost run like almost looks like a giraffe, but coordinated. Um, out there. I think he's a fantastic prospect. And the reason I say I would take him over Mayer if you're talking about a a tight end one in Doug Peterson's offense, Mayer, while he he has athleticism, he's a good athlete, Luke Musgrave is a great athlete with great hands, with great size for the position, who I think just is going to put more fear into the hearts of opposing defensive coordinators because he can absolutely kill you at any any area of the field. He's a legit seam stretcher. Again, you can't cover him. He's four uh, a 4540 guy at 6 foot 5 and 250 pounds. Uh I think he's going to be a big problem at the next level. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. And he had a lot of uh, good production while he was healthy. Um Great production in 2021, again, for college. Uh, tight ends don't necessarily get as much production in college as they do at the next level, oftentimes. But I think if you're talking about tight end one in Jacksonville and you have to go get him in the first round, I'd be looking at Luke Musgrave over Michael Mayer. But that's not to say I wouldn't want Michael Mayer as the Jaguars tight end one. I think he would be fantastic. I think he'd be very good. He just would be a little bit more limited in terms of pushing the boundaries of the defense, right? Uh, of making the defense uncomfortable. He's not going to run away from a ton of folks. Um, and so I would go with Musgrave in that situation. But I think Evan Ingram does come back. And overall, I think probably going tight end in round one is not where they're going to go. It is interesting looking at how the Jaguars have kind of attacked their roster since Trent Baalke became the GM and, and Doug Peterson became the head coach. 
they haven't really stuck to kind of the modern way of thinking when it comes to talent acquisition in terms of positional value. Like they went all in on off-ball linebackers in, in 2022 with Foyer, with Devin, with Chad Muma. Um, they they uh, they went and, and uh, drafted a running back in the first round of the draft in 2021. That was obviously before Doug got here. But they've kind of thrown positional value to the wayside and just tried to go get the best players they can at each spot. So if they value a tight end or a nickel, which are two positions that aren't traditionally valued as highly as like left left tackle, right tackle, uh, edge, uh, cornerback, quarterback, wide receiver, you know, those are the big positions when it comes to the money in the NFL at this point. And obviously superstar interior pass rushers can get just as much money as as the edge players but um tight end linebacker nickel safety running back these aren't positions that are looked at as high leverage high value positions in the nfl right now and all you have to do is follow the money so in both of these drafts the Jaguars go get a guy who probably would be filling a role that isn't looked at as as high value as some other spots. When I'm looking at this draft, because I think tight end is deep, because I think cornerback is deep, because receiver is always deep, then I think you still need a possession receiver. The more I look at it, the more I'm like, if there's a guy at offensive tackle or edge or an interior penetrator that's available with my first pick that I think is absolutely going to be a stud, I might consider it. Because if you go find an offensive tackle that you love and and they sit behind Cam Robinson in year one or whatever, um, they could end up taking that starting role at left or right tackle in year two. And then Walker Little's on a rookie contract. Your other guy's on a rookie contract. You've cleared up space to spend money elsewhere. I think the best teams in the NFL generally – um, obviously have the quarterback and the head coach, but they also have the lines of scrimmage. I don't think that the Jaguars are good enough on their lines of scrimmage to win the Super Bowl. I don't. And so the more I look at it, the more I start thinking about, I really would like to get a big guy, an edge, an interior penetrator, an offensive tackle. Um, and I might in my first two picks be looking to fortify the lines of scrimmage. Because that's how the best teams do it year over year once you have your quarterback and your head coach, in my opinion. But that'll do it for this. Uh, had, a, had a lot of fun breaking down these two mock drafts. Again, the Jaguars, Daniel Jeremiah gave them Michael Mayer at 24 overall. Tight end out of Notre Dame. Really complete tight end, but doesn't offer the elite athleticism and upside that you might be looking for in the first round. I'd be looking more at Luke Musgrave if you're talking about going and getting your tight end one. But Michael Mayer as a compliment to Evan Ingram, that could be a lot of fun. I really like that. Um, and then, obviously, we've got Mel Kuyper giving the Jaguars Deontay Banks, the corner out of Maryland, who I think makes sense as well, but might not make sense as a few of the other players on the board. I don't know. I think it's going to be a really fun process. Cannot wait to see the senior bowl practices next week, see how all that goes down. 
Uh, but our draft coverage, our free agency coverage, it's going to be hot and heavy for the next couple months. Really appreciate y'all tuning in, supporting the channel. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. You can hit that like and subscribe button here on YouTube. Become a channel member on YouTube as well. And of course, you can check out genjag.com to pick up some new Duval gear. Have a great weekend, Duval. And thank you so much for tuning in. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.